Hey everyone, welcome back to this week's episode of the Mid-City Church Sermon Cast. My name is Fernie and I'm uh, the pastor here at Mid-City Church. So this week we're entering the season of Lent, which is a season of preparation for the coming of Easter. And for the next six weeks, we'll journey through this season together. And my hope is that by the end of this uh, series, we will come to appreciate the Easter or Easter Sunday in a more meaningful way. So you ready? Let's go. Some of my biggest regrets in life have been when I failed to trust that God was who God says he is, and instead I took matters into my own hands. So let me explain. I took matters into my own hands, and I made some not-so-smart decisions when I experienced my first breakup, and I thought my life was over. In that moment, I didn't trust God that things would be okay, right? I didn't trust that God was who God said he would be. I also took matters into my own hands and made some uh, not-so-smart decisions when I experienced the death of my aunt, whom I loved very much and mourned deeply for. In that moment, I didn't trust God that we would one day be reunited in heaven, right? I didn't trust that God is who God says God is. I also took matters into my own hands and made some not-so-smart decisions when I questioned my calling into ministry and thought that I wasn't good enough for it. In that moment, I didn't trust that God had called me to this this life, called me into ministry. I I even took matters into my own hands and made some not-so-smart decisions when I got to college and I wanted to fit in with the quote-unquote cool kids, and I started acting like them and doing the same things they were doing. And in that moment, I didn't trust that who God created me to be was enough, right? I didn't trust that God was who God said he was. I also took matters into my own hands and made some not-so-smart decisions when I, I went and bought some sort of king cake every single day during the end of Mardi Gras because I was sad that I would no longer get to eat it until next year, right? In that moment, I didn't trust that uh, there really is a season for all things and that I probably shouldn't eat key cake, king cake year-round, right? That was a smart thing to do. But do you see what I'm getting at? It's when we trust God the least that we tend to make some of our biggest mistakes, not out of spite for God, but because we choose to take matters into our own hands. And I hate to break it to you, but every time we do, we can't help but make a mess of things. So this week, as we journey through the first week of Lent, we begin with Jesus going into the wilderness and being tempted to take matters into his own hands. I want you to listen to what the Gospel of Matthew chapter 4 has to say. Then the Spirit led Jesus up into the wilderness so that the devil might tempt him. After Jesus had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, he was starving. The tempter came to him and said, Since you are God's son, command these stones to become bread. Jesus replied, It's written, People won't live only by bread, but by every uh, word spoken by God. After that, the devil brought him into the holy city and stood him at the highest point of the temple. He said to him, Since you are the son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, I will command my angels concerning you, and they will take you up in their hands so that you won't hit your foot on a stone. Jesus replied again, it's written, don't test the Lord your God. Then the devil brought him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their glory. And he said, I'll give you all these if you bow down and worship me. 
Jesus responded, Go away, Satan, because it's written, You will worship the Lord your God and serve only him. The devil left him, and angels came and took care of him. So Lent always begins with this scripture of Jesus going into the wilderness and being tempted to take matters into his own hands. And, and we're told that Jesus had been fasting for 40 days and 40 nights when the devil showed up to tempt him, right? And now look, nowadays, Sundays are a cheat day during Lent, so giving something up isn't too bad or too difficult for us because once a week we can enjoy uh, whatever it is we decided to give up. But Jesus didn't have that luxury. For 40 days and 40 nights straight, he was in the wilderness with nothing to eat. Now, can you imagine how tempting it would have been for Jesus to listen to the devil and turn those stones into bread? I mean, I can only imagine that it would have been very tempting for Jesus. I mean, even in our own office, when I want to go out for lunch and everybody else brought their lunch, I know that if I ask right around the time that everyone is starting to get hungry, it will be a lot easier to convince them to go out with me, right? Hunger is a powerful and can cause us to change any responsible plans we previously had which is what makes Jesus' response to the devil so mesmerizing to me. He says, people won't live only by bread, but by every word spoken by God. Look, I know food is important, especially for us here in Louisiana, but Jesus isn't just talking about food here. The real action that Jesus is talking is uh, telling, uh, he's telling the devil that even when he is tempted to take his hunger into his own hands, he chooses to continue trusting in God, even in the midst of his hunger. See, the devil doesn't like that answer, though. So we're told that he then takes Jesus to the highest point in the city and tempts Jesus to command the angels to save him, right, as he jumps off the tallest building. In other words, the devil tempts Jesus to take matters into his own hands by giving orders to God rather than just trusting God. Jesus once again gives a great response. He says, it's written, don't test the Lord your God. Once again, Jesus is telling the devil that even when he is tempted to be in charge, he chooses to continue uh, letting God lead him. Once again, the devil doesn't like that response, right? So we're told that he takes Jesus to a very high mountain this time, an even higher place, and shows him all the kingdoms, and he tempts Jesus to worship him, and all those kingdoms will be with him, right? So the devil says, you know, if you just worship me, all of this will be yours, and I love Jesus' response here. It's, it's a brilliant response. He says, go away, Satan. And I kind of picture some sass when Jesus says this, right? Go away, Satan, because it's written, you will worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Now, this is my favorite response out of the three that uh, we read about. See, Jesus has basically had enough. And he tells the devil to just go away because the Bible says we are to worship and serve only God. See, even when Jesus was tempted to take matters into his own hands, even when he was tempted to have power over all things and all people, Jesus chooses to continue to trust God instead. Over and over and over and over again, Jesus is tempted to take matters into his own hands. But over and over and over again, Jesus acknowledges that God's way is and always will be better. See, this is what it looks like to trust God rather than to take matters into our own hands. Now, let me pause here for a moment and say something very important. If you're anything like me, you've probably been stuck on the idea that the devil tempted Jesus. But I'm here to tell you that the word devil in this context is not what you or I probably have in mind. So the Greek word used here for devil is diabolo, which comes from the root words dia and balo. And when used together, this word means one who attacks, misleads, deceives, diverts, discredits, or even slanders. 
In other words, it's not referring to the devil as a person, as a, a proper noun, but rather uh, as to anyone who is able to attack, mislead, deceive, divert, discredit, or slander. And the reality is that when it's used uh, through this understanding of the word devil, the devil is certainly all around us, right? I mean, people are constantly trying to attack our view of ourselves, misleading us into thinking that certain things are good for us when we know they're not, deceiving us into doing the very things we know are not good for us, diverting us from the very things we know are good for us, discrediting our gifts and our talents, and either slandering our name or inviting us to slander those around us. Through this understanding, the devil really is all around us lurking in the shadows, tempting us into thinking that if we just took matters into our own hands, things would be better. And that is exactly what Jesus goes through in the wilderness. In the midst of his hunger, the devil shows up trying to mislead and deceive Jesus into thinking that he should just take matters into his own hands. At the top of the highest building, the devil shows up to discredit scripture by tempting Jesus to jump off the building. And even at the highest point in the city, up on that mountain, the devil tries to discredit God by offering Jesus an inferior gift, an inferior promise, disguised as something better. Friends, the devil is all around us, trying to pull us away from God and tempting us to become the God of our own lives. But we all know how that story ends, right? We all know what happens when we become the God of our own lives. It never goes well. See, it's when we fall for this temptation that our lives begin to fall apart. It's when we fall for this temptation that we end up hurting the people we love most. It's when we fall for this temptation that we make mistakes and act in ways that would otherwise be unfathomable to us. It's when we fall for the temptation that our way is better than God's that our lives begin to get turned upside down. So how do we overcome temptation as Jesus did in the scripture? Well, let me start by saying that all of us struggle with different types of temptations. For some, it's drugs. For others, it's addiction to alcohol. For some, it's sex. For others, it's social media. For some, it's sleep. Others, it's exercise. And I even know some people whose addiction is Taco Bell, which I'll admit, I don't understand that last one, but everybody has their own addictions. And because we all struggle with different temptations, we all have to deal with our temptations differently. But I do think that the Bible gives us two practices that we can use to help us overcome all temptations. So the first practice is reading scripture. If you pay close attention to the scripture we just read, every time that the tempter or the devil tries to tempt Jesus, uh, he does it with out-of-context scripture. And Jesus responds with accurate scripture. See, Jesus' actions teach us that some of the best ways to overcome temptation is to get to know the scripture so well that it gives us the strength and the knowledge to overcome that temptation. The second practice Jesus teaches us happens a little later in the scripture in Matthew chapter 6, where Jesus is teaching his disciples to pray. And one of the lines he tells them to pray is this. He says, lead us not into temptation. See, Jesus reminds us that one of the ways to overcome temptation is by praying. So when we pray, we not only pray that we may not face temptation, we also pray that if we do face temptation, God will give us the strength to overcome. Now, my guess is that all of us struggle with some sort of temptation. So I want to challenge you this week to put both of these into practice. Spend some time getting to know your scriptures and, and read them uh, more deeply every week and, and spend some time in prayer over your temptations. And I really do think that Jesus is on to something here when he gives us these examples and tells us to do these things. Friends, it is possible to overcome temptation. 
through his life, Jesus gives us an example and even a reminder that temptation is nothing but a false promise that will always let us down. And if we can muster up enough courage to overcome our temptations, right, to uh, read our scriptures and to uh, spend some time in prayer, then maybe, just maybe, we too can experience the type of joy that Jesus came to enjoy and experience at the end of his time in the wilderness. May the same be true for us. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Mid-City Church Sermoncast. If you'd like to dive deeper, visit midcity.church slash sermoncast to find a home sheet that goes along with this message. On the home sheet, you'll find scriptures, questions to wrestle with, and a challenge that goes along with this sermoncast. I want to invite you to support our ministry here at Mid-City Church by giving today. To give, text the word GIVE, G-I-V-E, to the phone number 225-307-0662. Thanks and see you next week.